guys. Welcome back to another episode, actually the final episode of season one of More Than a Title. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas. Thank you for all the love and the support, guys. Um, it's been overwhelming, especially with the last episode with the CEO of Hootsuite, Tom Kaiser. It was just a, a great conversation. So thank you for the outpouring love. And guess what? Today, guys, is my birthday. I'm turning, I turned 34. Woo! Yes, <laughs> man. Thank you. And this is a super, super exciting episode that I have planned out for you guys. So I don't even want to go to a long intro, man, because this guy is just he's just a sales master, man. He has over 20 plus years of experience, worked at uh, many different sales organizations like AT&T, Outreach, President Club winner, all of the things above. And I actually stumbled into your content on the LinkedIn feed and I forgot what video it was specifically. But you, you grabbed me in and I said, holy crap, I'm not ending the series until I get you. <laughs> I get pretty passionate sometimes. So it might have been one of those that's just, you know, that day, you know, you hear something out there and you go, I can't believe somebody is saying that, you know, or or it's, uh, you know, people make a lot of claims, but nobody really backs it up with call it like real life data. And sometimes you just kind of go, man, for a platform like LinkedIn, where you can learn so much, you can also learn like the wrong thing. Yes. Uh, by just trying everything everybody says. And I feel like people's heads just start to spin. They say, well, today on LinkedIn, I heard this. So I tried this and I said, do you try everything you learn on LinkedIn? He goes, yes, I do. I said, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> that's so true though. But how do you how do you vet and filter out the misinformation on LinkedIn though? That's a great- To try point. everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, did, I, I used to be that person, I think. And it's not like I got um, I'm not too, I mean, I'm just a guy, you know, I'm just a person and yeah. I've tried a lot of those things. And, and honestly, it's what drove me to get into forming title, which is, you know, yesterday was the last day of title. <clears throat> Today's the first day of Celex, and, and, and it, it doesn't right. feel much different for me. I like, I woke up and someone said, did you feel good today? I said, I feel the same way I feel every day. I said, I wake up and I got to like, I get up and pour coffee, stumble around a little bit until I wipe my eyes. And about 4am I'm cranking, man. And uh, <laughs> I said to me, it's just. It's it's about a mission, you know, and I, I, that doesn't change at, at Celex. It's the same damn thing, and that's why we merged. It wasn't because we think we can make a lot of money. We will make a lot of money because we think the same way. Exactly. Uh, be, because this is the working man's job. Like this is not SaaS that we hear about or what we thought it was. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people who've been trying to get into SaaS, and if they're like me. You know, they probably heard like, you don't have any SaaS experience. I'm like, well, how do I get some, please? Because that's what I'm here to do. And I was lucky enough to get into outreach yeah. in 2017. You brought that up. And and I think that that was when my eyes opened up. And it wasn't the sales tech, mind you. I, I, don't, I don't get tech envy. I'm never like, ooh, yeah. because, you know, I've seen good tech and bad tech. And I've also seen good teams and bad teams. And the two never correlate. Like a good yeah. team isn't successful because of good tech. Um, I've seen a good team be bad because of good tech. Yeah, uh, because it's it's timed wrong. It's too much tech and da, da, da. And so I said, how about the emphasis doesn't have to be on tech. Get some good, stable tech, whatever that is to you. Yeah. And as long as it makes a phone call and sends an email, then that is sufficient tech. And so you can do it off a spreadsheet and Google for all I care. But to scale it up, you know, and to do what we do, we obviously have to settle on systems. Well, voila, Celex is a system. It is the system Decent. that we're going to build on. So now it's just company to know, like, we get to be in a place where we get to create it, modify it instead of going, man, I wish they would change this. Go, oh, wait a second. That's us. <laughs> and we got 13 engineers who can do that. And so already in like three months leading up to this, we made some major, major modifications. And, and I feel a little bit like talking to Matt, Matthew Angelini, the CTO. It's kind of like he's 
like picking my brain a little bit and all of a sudden you can see it on software and then you go oh man that's it like that's how it should flow so that um, that's, that's a great point because i'm in the same boat man because i've been in tech sales for about 10 years and i feel like i know some of the customer i know the customer's problems very well that's what makes me successful in sales right but finding the right dev team and sourcing the right partners and doing all those things like it scares the heck out of me. So like, I would love yep. to know, let's take it from the beginning, man. Let's like, how, what, what's the, what started the idea of title for you? What was it that was like, man, I'm getting out of the corporate sales. I'm doing my own thing. And I feel like we can do sales much better than what it's being done now. Uh, I moved to South Dakota. So I got sober for uh, just uh, under four years ago at Hazelden. And uh, when I got out, I just started, thank you. Thank you. That's the most, you know, that'll always be the biggest success every day. Sure. You know, I, I get to wake up and be sober again. And for me, like for if you don't have a problem like I did, then it's no big deal. But for me, it was like waking up and every day, like it was suddenly different because I was like sober and, and I didn't know if I'd have a job or not. But I, my sponsor said, he goes, you got a job? And I said, yeah, I got a job. I said, I hope I have a job when I get back. He goes, okay. Yeah. He goes, no matter what, go back to that job and say, I want to work here again. And I want to work here for the next year and I'll never be late or this. And I said, I'm never late. Who's... No one's like clocking me and he's like, still don't ever be late. <clears throat> he goes, show up every day early, be the last one to leave. And uh, he said, that'll help your sobriety. So I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever helps that. Like literally at the time, you could have been like, jump off that cliff. And I've been like, how high? Um, <laughs> I was just willing to do anything because I needed to save my own life, you know? And um, <clears throat> so for like a year, I did that. And, and they didn't have any, they had Salesforce. And I couldn't get any of the tech. They didn't believe in tech. I was trying to install my tech. They wouldn't allow it to go on the system. And I was like, for the kind of money I know I can make and used to make, like, I, you know, if I'm going to make a half a million dollars selling this stuff in a year, I got to go fast because I could always sell like what four or five other people could. And that's how I made 500 grand. It's not it's not rocket science. Just do the math. Yeah. Like when you sell a lot, you get paid a lot. And uh, so I had to go in on the back end, break through the firewall at night and then do my tech stack work at night because I had to go around the firewall with my mobile hotspot. I worked the entire tech stack off of an iPhone hotspot so that the network wouldn't detect how I was working. And That's so insane. you could say you could do that at home too, but I'm like, it was like the, the uh, building the millennium Falcon out there. Cause I had spreadsheets and data. And so I started making it work on a small little shitty it sales job in South Dakota. And, um, I, I said, if I can sell in the next four months, uh, $800,000, I would quit the job. So I huh. sold a million point two and I quit the job. Wow. And then, I started title because I said, no, uh, primarily at that time, I said, everybody's looking at SaaS. I'm looking at the small, the medium businesses out there. Like they don't know anything about this. They mm -hmm. don't know it exists. And, and I'm talking basic tech. And yep. so that was my first concept, literally two days into the business. So we had so much business already coming in from a few LinkedIn posts that yep. we got our first, second, third, and fourth customers. Then we went through 100, another 112 customers the next 14 months wow. on our way to 7.2 million. Um, profitability was always an issue because we're bootstrapped yeah you know i'm, I'm I, we started with like 300 grand right drain the bank account boom that was gone in two months and i'm <laughs> like we better start making money because we just bought a whole salesforce instance a whole zoom info instance gone going on the list and i felt you know like we had it all but i'm like we got to go make some money now because yeah. this thing needs to grow and so um i think if anything i'm in a place now where i go it's not my money anymore yeah. I'm part of an organization, part owner of a company I feel really, really good about the future of. Knowing we'll have hiccups um, and knowing we get to do the same thing and accelerate it um, is really called a win-win for me because I get to, I got to bring the whole team with me. And that was always, yeah. you know, who I could have got a couple million bucks and sold this thing to private equity in cash. But I said, no, 
Yeah. We're not letting anybody go right now. That's that not is. how we, that's not how we do it. I respect that, man. I respect the hell out of that, actually. You know what I mean? And that's and that shows good leadership, brother. You know what I mean? Like you said, man, you could have been sailing in the sunset right now, probably in Hawaii, feet up by the beach, watching the volcanoes or something, man. But your your your, your people who are the ones who were on the ground level with you that believed in you when it was three hundred thousand, when it was like, man, if we don't yeah. get the right things done, then life is going to be different for me, man. And they and they helped out. Yeah. And the fact that you looked out, man, that's says a lot about your character, brother. Says a lot, yeah. man. So, so let's, talk, let's talk about that because I, I would have been scared shitless, man, to have my to drain yeah. my uh, and then I'm a personal brand guy too. So I'm on LinkedIn. So I don't know if I told you this story, brother, but um, that's what made me gravitate to you. So two years ago, I was working at an agency. I was same thing. I was working mm-hmm. a small 15 people organization. I'm like, how the hell are we getting sales? He was like, man, referrals. I said, okay, so why the hell am I sending out these emails? <laughs> Making these calls That's right. Right? right. right. So it just put two and two together. I've done all that in my life. So what made me different from other salespeople is that we would do the thousand emails. But what would make me think was like, out of those thousand people, I don't care about the one meeting I get that's giving me a pity meeting that doesn't want to tell me the problems. What about the 999 people that see this crappy email? And am I going to be the selling to them later? And then once I thought about that, I'm like, this shit makes no sense. I'm just going to go on content and I'm going to be myself. Yep. And I was giving out SEO content, uh, regular content strategy stuff, everything related to the industry. And I was getting a few hits there, here and there. But what made it hit for me was being myself. It was like, hey, man, I was 20 yeah. years old, smelling like ribs. I was working at BBQs, got my first kid. This is what's mm-hmm. going on. And then the outpour of business and the referrals and people like, man, I just want to grab a beer with you. I want to work with you. I've got 70K, man, in the budget. Can you do X, Y, Z? And it just mm-hmm. revolutionized the way I, I thought about sales. The problem is a lot of organizations don't see it that way and don't yeah. see what me, you and I do. And they don't know the impact. And it's such a very brand new space. I think other people are getting hit to it now. But when you was at 300,000, you was using that for your personal brand and to drive leads. Like, what was that pressure like, man, to create that like that good post? Do you have any pressure when you create posts? Like, what has your experience been like on LinkedIn as a whole? Um, I think for LinkedIn, the interesting thing is it was November of 2020. When I started posting, and if you know, like a lot of people, you go back and look. It's like Chris Walker's first videos from four years ago. Yep. They were terrible. Yes. You know, I was like sitting sitting in a car, like not smiling. I was just like, "Hey, everybody, um, I'm posting a position today," and I was like, "What in the hell?" But I started working with um, a girl, uh, Mackenzie, who I met who worked at Scaled at the time. S K A L E D. Jake Dunlap. You're about Mackenzie Bowley. That's my girl. Yep, she's the ghostwriter yeah. who our team uses. She's head of brand, and so she oversees that and how that content is is like she would say do you want to come in saturday and film i said film what and she said i'm just asking you a bunch of questions and so i'd come in and i'd answer and she goes no no don't sound like you are answering your question on the radio just talk to me like yourself and i was like the first time anybody told me in a business setting to talk like myself yeah i was always up this buttoned up white dude in a suit yeah saying some shit and all of a sudden i'm like if if i can be myself and that attracts more people then I think I should be myself more often. And and whether it feels good to people or not, I can't control that, but I feel good. Yes. Um, because I don't have to worry about which mask I'm wearing when I'm talking to you. Is it the bullshit mask that says, hey, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm doing fine. And I want you to feel that because they see that eventually. Yeah. Is it, hey, I just went through a divorce and I'm an alcoholic and I'm a freaking mess. Uh, went through that too and acted happy. And now I'm just like, yeah. hey, I'm actually happy. I've got a good life. I mean, shit like everybody else, I got a million things. Uh, but I'm grateful that I get to do the work that um, I'm obsessed over. Yeah, I'm obsessed over the work. I, I look at these young people and I, I just love to work with new people because yeah, 
they're walking into this big space. And if they're like you and they're willing to do that and all of a sudden they go pow, pow and it might be their own thing. Yeah. It might be a different career track, man. That's still where I get the most joy. And, uh, you know, today there was a lot of DMS popping off at the merger, but I was like, I found the two or three, which are like, Hey, I've been reading your content for a year. You really helped me with this. Da da da. Like, thank you so much. Congratulations. Like those are the people where I'm like, yeah, we got some leads out of it. That's good. But Hey, I made an impact in your life. And it was Chris Walker who made it to me. It was Jake Dunlap who made it to me. Yes. It was Paul Salamanca who made it to me. It was Scott Lees who did it to me. It was David yep. Earhart who did it to me. And look who's been on your show, Chris, David, right? You got the right people in your lineup My because God. they'll change people's lives and they won't even know about it. I met with Chris no. for the first time a month and a half ago. I had him on the podcast. I said, hey, we know each other, but you changed my life. Yeah, I said, because you said, all you got to do is film video once a day. And here I am filming video, film video once a day. And that was where 97.2% of all of every lead came from a LinkedIn post. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. And you know, that's the same thing for Chris, man. He did the yeah. same thing for me. He was one of the first yeah. people I got on LinkedIn. I was using it the same way as everybody else sending like bullshit webinars and blogs and stuff. I'm getting one like from the guy up the hall. It was like, yep. <laughs> like what the hell yeah. am I doing? And so when yep. I had to restart it, I'm looking at Chris. He was the only person you know, he's button, not buttoned up, but he just felt like so relatable. And yep. then he got it. And if you know sales, if you, you know your sales chops, we all know that Chris knows his stuff, man. He's a marketer. He's a salesman. Brilliant. He just gets it, man. And then when I just saw his stuff, I'm like, that's it. Mm -hmm. I've got to put my own flavor on this. I've got to be like that, but I'm going to put my own sauce, my own flavor on it. And the same thing, like you said, tie to the mask, man. That's why I wear the hat. I wear the hoodie. Yep. My big thing is representation because I'm sure there's a Jared out there somewhere that's 22 years old that's like, well, I was. Yeah. It's like, what the heck, man? I want to change my life and get into sales, but how do I do it? And can I be yep. this? Yeah. Yeah. Be yourself. Yes. And that's what I tell people, man. When you be yourself, man, it just, it's just like a weight is just off your shoulders. It's like, oh, yeah. I, don't have to, <sighs> I don't have to BS you. I don't have to do anything. If you like me for me, cool. And if you don't, I'm not your cup of tea. That's fine too. That's but let's, cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's tackle it head on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you, you put out a good point. I mean, they, they talk about this. Chris Walker talks about this. And if you really think about it, is it is like magnetism. You will, you will suck in the people who are think like you and it resonates with that. Yeah. And the people who don't will, will repel them. And that's exactly what you want to do because then the people who only at least agree in principle that what you're doing is something they're interested in, then you don't have to talk to people who don't believe in you or do this. Yeah. And you go, I mean, really, how, how much of your day do you want to spend talking to people who don't believe in you? Like I'm, I'm saying zero, yeah. zero. Yeah. That's how much time you get from me. Cause why does it matter? Like, if you don't believe in me or my company, then why are we talking? Why are we talking? <laughs> That's yeah. it, man. Yeah. That's it, man. And you, you you hit the nail on the head, man. And I, before we talk about the future of sales and stuff, Steve, I love where we are right now. But mm -hmm. I also want to talk about, like, when you were you, when you were in the place in terms of, you know, getting over your, you know, um, being sober and trying to yeah. get to the place, right? So I was, in a, I was in a depression not too long ago, you know what I mean, where I was like, man, I'm killing on LinkedIn. I'm doing all these things. People are telling me I'm great, but I feel like shit. I feel undervalued at my company. You know what I mean? They're asking me for metrics for the podcast and leads and stuff. I'm like, man, I'm closing two million without even picking up the mm -hmm. phone, man. Like, I think I'm on to something. Could I do something yeah. differently? Absolutely. But man, just let's let's put some gasoline on this and let's see what happens. Um, if that wasn't the case, man, um, I had to quit mm -hmm. on the fly. I made a, a I don't know if you're an NBA fan, but I made a oh yeah, I made a post like a, uh, Adam Wojnarowski. You know, like the free agency. Yep. So I yep. put a post on, I put my head on the Photoshop with a Golden State Warrior logo, put my um, company's name on it. And like, hey, man, breaking news, Jared's a free agent right now, man. He averages this, this, and the third. And what I'm I love it. telling me that he's going to have a breakout year. 
Two weeks later, I'm hired at Hootsuite. That's and amazing. it was crazy. I had LinkedIn, I had Amazon, I had Google and all this place. But I was in a dark space and it took a lot of time for me to get out of that, man. And I would just love to know, like, because you're a successful salesman, man, and you know the grind. How were you able to get out of that, man? Like, what were some of the things or what advice would you give to others yeah. who would be battling the same things? Well, two, it's a really good question because it doesn't have to be necessarily alcoholism or a pill addiction or you know, the other stuff. Yeah. Um, but for me, uh, two things. I thought everybody in sales drank. Yeah. But just because I did, you know, and so yeah. I was nervous that, oh, how do you get in sales without drinking? Turns out, like, I don't see a lot of salespeople drinking. Yeah. Uh, some do, some don't, just like anything else in life. So that, they got over my own bullshit, step number one. And mm. then um, and then two is just like I um, I have always done the work, right? Because for me, I have to do work every day on myself and that piece. Yeah. Uh, because the, the 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 theory, right, in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I've seen it be proven true over and over again. That's the one I go to, just whatever. Like I just say it openly, like like I don't think we're supposed to, but fuck it. Like if it helps yeah. people, whatever. And I have to check myself every night. They don't give a shit what I do during the day. I'm sitting right next to the guy who's homeless, and right next to the guy in the three piece suit is the CEO, and we're all the same people that's because so we all have a different problem that stems from the same thing. Uh, um, he might yeah. drink fine scotch and and be cheating on his wife. This guy over here, drink whatever. Drinking some Georgie and <laughs> yep, and, and I'm over here just going. I'll take a little bit of both. And I found I found commonality. So I found my people in a tin shed with a with a, a cup full of styrofoam cup full of Folgers. You know that's where I found my true people. Wow. Because uh, they're broken just like me, and we can all talk about it. And not have to annoy people because they go, I don't get that. And I'm like, I don't expect you to, man. But these people, we get it. Yeah. You know. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And that was great advice too, man. And like you said, the commonality, I think, I think, and I had the same perception too, man, about drinking and sales, man. Like when I first started in sales, I was in like in a boiler room environment. It was like, you hit your number by Friday. If you don't hit it, you're gone Monday. Don't even, yeah, your pink slips at your computer. Family. <laughs> it's like, I remember those days. And I used to have to, every day I would go get a tall boy, Budweiser, 22 ounce, right after work, man, we're pounding the pavement. And it was just insane, man. And it's just like, 77% of us fail in sales. Yeah. And that's, that's why. And that's why. And so the work that you do, the work that Chris does, this is why I gravitate to you guys. Cause it's like, man, this is the, this is the greatest profession ever because mm -hmm. you control your own destiny, man. You could be a teacher. I tell my girlfriend this all the time. You could be the best teacher in New York city, baby. I, I, I know you're making an impact, but guess what? You're going to make this amount of money and that's mm -hmm. bullshit. Mm -hmm. But me and you, if we grind and we pound the pavement, man, opportunities are endless. But that pressure yeah. too, man, that pressure. Yeah. And when you don't get that, and when you're like, when you see other people succeeding, people don't think about the mental health or the mental aspect it does for you, man. When you're like, shit, man, I didn't hit quota this month, man. Or I'm arguing with my girlfriend at the house and I'm not hitting quota. I feel useless. Yep. yep. And, and that mental health, man. So like, that's so important well, to see us younger. I tell, I tell everybody one quota, uh, missing quota for once a month. Um, that's about as much room as I give. And that might either sound, too lenient or too hard ass to some people, but I said everybody gets to be a human one month out of the year. Uh, meaning, it's never one month because it's a sales funnel, right? So you, you like when you got one month bad, it's like no, that was three months ago and your head was up your ass, and now you're paying the price for it. So yeah. I'm always gonna give me a gimme because it's not like they just didn't get it done that month. Um, but usually, if it's a personal issue, right? And this is where we we all. Man, I was telling somebody today, like everybody's talking work from home. Well, guess what? Some people don't have great home lives. You know, they don't have good home lives. Oh, so yeah. like they don't want 
work from home because they want to get away from whatever it is there that they don't like. And so we never should just listen to one thing or one way to do things because that person might have had a good month and then they got a bad month. Well, in sales, it should always be like if you're trending up into the right, like I'm keeping you around, yeah, keeping you around, right? Because there's a 23% chance of the next person succeeding. <laughs> and you yeah. might have just needed that talk that said, oh, now I get it, right? And I don't think we're set up to have those discussions as well as we should. If you think about like the way yeah. HR is, like I can't ask you like, hey, man, just tell me what's going on. Because they're going, man, if I tell you, there's a chance you're going to fire me. That's so now it. I have to lie to you. And I'm always like, okay, so as long as you're not, you know, drinking on the job, da, 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 go down the employee handbook. There's no yeah. reason I would ever fire you. Um, yeah. But I might have to let you go because you didn't tell me why. Like, and I have no idea, but you're just, you're not present, right? Well, if yeah. you say, hey, I'm raising my hand, I'm going through some stuff. I, you know, I don't know if it's depression or what, but I'm going to get it figured out. But it might be a little bit. I'd be like, man, you didn't need to tell me that. But at least I know now. You could yeah. just said, I've got something going on. Yeah. But and that's where communication employers say, well, we need to know. And I said, well, if they don't tell you, they don't trust you. That's um, it. That's it. Yeah, that's it's just like if you're going to quit, you're not going to give a a 16 week notice, although that's what they'd want, because they're going to fire your ass, you know. And, and so people go, why didn't you tell me sooner? Because you would have fired me like yeah. you would have. Yeah, so I need to protect my own income yeah. as a human being. And if I'm worried about that now, I'm definitely a bad employee. Right. That's it. That's it. But you mentioned something really cool too, man. Like really, really important. One is the trust in the company, right? So I don't, I don't know too many companies or I know me as a salesman, I would have probably felt bad going to my sales manager. Like, man, I'm depressed. I'm not this. It's what have you, what can you do for me lately? That's it. Yeah. Are you going to hit your number or you're not? And I hate the sales bullshit. I hate pips. I hate all that stuff. I've seen people that were dealing with that type of stuff. And then you're putting people on a pip. And then when you put them on the pip, the pressure is on even more. So now the mental health is like, holy crap, they don't think I can perform. I'm doubting my skill set. I don't know what's going on. And it doesn't help. I've never seen anybody on a pip that actually had real work done with a manager to say, hey, step by step, let's go through your workflow. Let's understand how that. you talk to your prospects. See, and that, we and that's, that. that's good leadership, man. 66% of the people on pip the last quarter, there was three of them, came mm -hmm. off pip and have not been on it since. Um, because it's a three-stage pip, and I say as long as you're progressing to up and to the right, like you're gonna be good. It's the second you go, screw you guys, man. I don't want to be on a plan. The first first job I ever had, I got put on a plan month three. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> yeah. He said, "Hey, you know what? You haven't sold anything yet." I said, "Yeah, okay, I'm going to my pipeline." And we didn't have Salesforce back then. It was like it was maybe like a shitty Excel spreadsheet on a Mac Mac Commodore computer. Oh my god! I think we just used paper on. Say, I mean, I'm I'm not that old, but I'm old enough, you know. Yeah. Um, to know what it was like then. And he's like, you got to get it done. I got it done. I made 10,000 bucks a month in commission. And you know what? 801%. Never less for five years because I just wow. pushed it. And I get, and then people say, well, this guy's, he's getting commission checks that are 80, 100, $180,000. And I'd be like, yeah, you can do it too. You just got to want to work this hard. Like, don't, don't get mad at me. Like, that's it. You either want it or you don't. Now you can't want to not work hard and want the money. So don't look at me like I'm a jackass because you have no money. I'm really, they have no idea how much you're really making. And no. I'm just going, it's represented in the work I do. So just assume it's more than you. Um, and you could do it too. If you worked as hard as me and more, you could do it more than me, but sales is a game of intelligence. Uh, you got to work hard. You got to work smart. Yeah. Um, you're working smart. It's hard. You're doing podcasts to get your customers, right? You're not making cold calls, but guess what? Everybody's going to say it. 
I don't care how you get the customers. Well, then you go do a pad cost. And then, of course, they're going to say, is it working? Can you show me it's working? Because we yeah. all get this little heart murmur that goes, please make it work. Because all I really want is money yeah. so I can grow as a company and be in a capitalistic society, which is what corporate corporations are set up for that. They really are. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, that is how a company, almost every company that I know in America operates is like, you need to be profitable. Usually one person at the top is the most profitable or a board of people, or if it's a nonprofit, it's yeah. a nonprofit. But I mean, that is, we are living out capitalism in America, like it or not. It is just, yeah. and I'm not saying I like it or not either. I'm just saying that's what it is what it because is. I look around and go, I can't see anything different. I don't see these at the end of the day, we lay off more people, lay off more people. Why? I don't know. There's $50 million in the bank. Why are they laying off people? <laughs> now you see, yeah. because because the people at the top will take care of what metric they have and you get to take care of you and your metric is you the space between your ears is the most important thing for you to keep track of whether that's doing a podcast doing cold calls or running a company like i did because there's a lot of days man where i look around i'm like i do not know what the fuck to do next <laughs> i love it man i love the honesty brother yeah yeah i didn't i was just like hey we got payroll in two days and there's 13 invoices like what are we going to do you know it's stuff like that and then you get creative but creativity can also um you know after a while you'd be like this why are we having this problem all the time like yeah and be, be, you know six months of almost not making payroll and i'm you know me i'm just brutally honest like and then the next day you pay payroll and three days later you have 240 grand in the bank and two days later you have two dollars in the bank and it just was whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and i'm like oh this is what they were talking about when they meant cash flow management yeah um, which i'm pretty good in my personal life apparently with work though there's 62 transactions a day and i'm like which ones are happening today and tomorrow so you get really good at like just basic pnl management i've managed a pnl for a company before yeah. i've never managed the company's pnl right yeah that's a totally different big thing difference. big totally different beast <laughs> yeah. totally different beast yeah i can now manage a company pnl i don't I don't think I'm good at it yet, but I, like I signed up and got accepted into Wharton's executive uh, oh, program, okay. right? Yeah. Walker, well, I said, Walker, how do I level up? He goes, what do you want to do? I said, I, got, I want to get really good at finance. He goes, enroll at Wharton. Uh, they have an executive training program. He's like, that's how you do it. You'll learn. I hmm. said, okay, that's one way to learn it really quick. And, and then you get, a, you get an executive degree from Wharton, whatever that's worth. Okay, great. I'm care about the education, not about the certificate. And if I could reapply that into this now in two or three, four more years, that, you know, that gets really dangerous because now you know how to get money, where to get money, how to make money, yeah. how to give money to other people. You can have whatever company you want. Game over, man. Yeah, so man, I, I love this story, man. I, I feel like I could talk to you all day, man. I only got a couple more questions. I don't want to keep you too, too long, brother. Yes, but sir. I love that story. What drew me into you, too, was the cold calling stuff. So you yep. as the CEO, man, like I could just I could read off the words on your post and tell how passionate you are about cold calls. Yeah, I can just tell it. Like me, man, I used to be that, mm -hmm. but I, I as thirty at thirty four years old now, man, I'm just like it's a numbers game, man. It's time management for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like like if I can if I can scale it, right? So my mindset was if I can make a hundred calls, I only get two people to accept the meeting. I don't even know. I have to create the demand. I have to create the you know. Mm -hmm. You know the leverage there and then when they get there it's like oh, they're guarded so then i have to convince you instead of me creating content you already building up that equity and interest in me so that by the time you get on this phone call you're willing to give me the kitchen sink so all i have to do is connect the dots and solve your problem 
And I just thought that was a much more effective way. But I'm also struggling with like telling people the way now. Like I tell my my team internally, like they're like, hey man, we still gotta we gotta drive leads, we gotta cold call. I'm like, yeah, cool. But I compare it to like organic and paid, right? Like so organic mm-hmm. is us creating the content, and then it's gonna be a long term play. And then once we get that going, the traffic yep. is gonna drive the revenue. But then we're going to put money into paid right now to get short-term traffic, but we don't know how that's going to convert. So that's how yeah. I kind of look at cold call and content, and I'm trying yeah. to find the right blend. So I would love to hear your approach for anybody who's listening that's kind of like on the fence with creating content and maybe dealing with some hardships with cold call, and it's like, I'm done with it. So what, what advice would you give? So demand gen is great for those who have the patience to play the game. And um, mm, great, great we, did, we, did, we did not know what we were getting into. Um, if we didn't do it, though, would the business would have either been very, very small or unsuccessful because I want I don't know where we would have got leads. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I looked at it going, I'm a cold caller and all of a sudden content successful. Well, you know, content takes time, too. And, yeah. uh, and 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 I'd look at the content. You see leads coming in. If you're smart, you say, OK, which content gets which leads? And, and then you, it's not like, oh, we have to make this up. You just say, hey, when we talk about cold calls, man, two leads every time. Like if we get a video where I'm popping off about cold calls, some because it's and, and I'm passionate about it. I do not make that up. And people go, yeah. man, I'm pumped up too. Fuck it. Boom. Get a hold of the cold call guy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I can't teach you how to do what we did on LinkedIn. That's not my business model, right? Yeah. Um, and it's a really hard business model, by the way. People try and create these agencies and like, oh, we'll write LinkedIn and and then everybody goes, well, it's not enough leads, not enough leads. And you're like, oh, it takes time. They're like, okay, you're fired. Like that's yep. like your average ghostwriter on LinkedIn. And I'm like, if I was a ghostwriter on LinkedIn, I'd say you pay me up front for a year, right? Uh-huh. Because that shows me you're in for it. Like you're in. And now and now I still teach cold calling. I still make a mean follow-up call on a prospect, but I only cold call about once a month because it's just I got to get into a block with the team. Yeah. I love it because it makes a certain feel, uh, a person feel a certain way. So does yes. content. The For thing sure. is, is most people like what I'm doing right now, when you listen to me talk, like my voice is weaving up and down, just like yours is. And if you didn't know that that is all trained. Yeah. Like when I just said trained, like that's a way to stop a sentence where someone really believes. Cause if you go up, then you sound like you're doubtful. But when you go down, I am talking to you in a very commanding way. Mm. But when I go up, I sound excited and I say, Hey, Great. How do you like to be preferred to pull? Uh, what day can I follow up with you? Like, like it's very desperate. Yeah, it's happier. With, it's happier. Yeah. So I just look at that's that's a way to make a person feel a way. Now you're paying a numbers game and this and that. Well, you are with content, but it gets to everybody so much quicker. Hmm. It gets. Yeah. It, it, it's like you know when a river fills up with water and those, it's making its arteries. Like if it's good content and there's a space for it to resonate, it can saturate it quickly. We are only 14 months into making content. Like what happens when we're 36 months in? We just hired a person to manage TikTok, a community manager, a person to hire link, or manage just LinkedIn, a person to just manage uh, building a, an organic community, not on Slack, but in a different place that's actually yeah. like called our website. Yeah. And so, like, how can we get like a saleshacker.com feel to this where, you know, you pop on one day and it's you doing the podcast. The next day it's Megan Bowen. Boom. Then it's Dave yeah. Gerhardt. Boom. But yeah. uh, you're going to start your day there because there's news articles, there's posts, there's blogs. It's this. And yep. you go there because it's everything you wanted to see on your LinkedIn feed, but you didn't have to go to LinkedIn. Exactly. We still love LinkedIn, right? But like this is curated for just this experience, right? Yeah, that's so amazing. That's, you, that's our idea community. 
Yeah. And that's it, man. And that's where we're going with the Web 3.0 era and the way the buyer's journey is right now. This is critical. And I tell this, I scream this to the mountaintop, Stephen. Nobody listens to me sometimes, but it's working for me, man. And I, like I said, listen to people like yourself, Dave, Chris, my guys, shout out to them. So and I yeah. do have a question when it comes to personal branding. Like, say, for instance, I'm Johnny salesperson. I'm working at Celex right now. I'm killing it on LinkedIn, right? I'm averaging 500,000 views every 90 days. Ooh. And you can actually do attribution and say, Johnny Sales is getting two, three leads every week, and he's really driving business. And he's hitting quota. I'm hiring Johnny Sales, man. I like this guy. Johnny, Johnny Sales like is the man. I mean, he's the man. <laughs> I'm curious. How do you retain Johnny Sales? And do you think they should be paid additionally for the content they create and the leads they drive? Nope. Because uh, I would just tell them to go to business for themselves. Now, because people won't get it. That's right. why, because people won't get it. They'll go, well, you want me to pay you five? Like I'm writing some articles for uh, um, uh, some posts on LinkedIn for a, a pretty big SaaS company. And they asked me to, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, how much? I said, eh, 500 bucks a post. Like it's it's just me talking about sales, right? It takes me about an hour, two yeah. hours, whatever it is. I benefit as much as them, right? Because it's going to go out to all their people who follow their company and they have 74,000 followers on LinkedIn. And, you know, Scott Lease writes for Salesforce. I'll write for this. And so, and you start to see like, hey, if that happens in a year and a half, then it might be next year talking at Saster, uh, the next year talking at uh, Dreamforce, you know? Dreamforce, I don't I don't, I, I don't know, but I can tell you, you're right. When you say content can open it up, because I believe the gift of content is just take the shackles off me. Don't give me money. Just let me mm. be myself because the money will follow that. Mm. And um, Amazing. And, and it will be hard for that company to hold on to you anyways, because if you're good at content, um, you're going to see how much money you can make and all the people asking you about it. You go and open your own company and see, you'll open a company. That's the thing, Stephen. But that's all right. So John, see Johnny sales, right? He loves the effing company. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what if he wants to say, he's like, Steve, man, I don't want to go. That, that's kind of scary, man. I get it. But like, how can we make this work? What is the medium? Because I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there. Johnny's a Johnny sales in Google. There's a Johnny sales at Amazon. Yep. There's a Johnny sales at LinkedIn. So how do they retain that talent? Because not everybody's built and cut out for the, the grind like you were, man. So like, mm -hmm. where's the median? What is the middle ground there? I think, uh, so, I mean, I, I, you know, people have tried this kind of like segmenting that top of funnel position up, right? They, they said, you're the phone, you're the video, and you guys are the email. doesn't work. Um, they call it XDR. Okay, what is that? That's an anything DR. I'm like, oh, come on then. Let's just call it a. It is what it is. I would say whatever mechanism you can use to get to the audience you are, if you're good at it, and mine was cold calling, right? I could, yeah. you know, I could out cold call anybody. Not quant. I mean, my, my cold calls were that good because I was classically trained in theater. I was a playwright who applied to go to graduate school at Yale. I could write when I was 16. Wow. Um, I couldn't write like this. I could try and, you know, it's just like, you know, screenwriting and things like that. So taking that knowledge transfer to me, when I could finally write whatever I wanted, that's when it turned on. When you're working for a company, God bless them. But if they don't let you write what you want, your your creativity is always going to be stifled anyways because you're doing it within the the little parameters yeah. of what they want it to look like. And then you go, okay, cool. And they give you some money. And I go, what well, money feels a little bit shitty when you go. But if it was just me, I could have said this or I could actually said the word fuck or whatever. But my brand won't let me say it. So I'm always going to be their person. And next thing you know, they're going to be like, let's get them a content room and do a weekly series. And you'll be like <laughs> – 
yeah, not so much, right? Unless you're going to pay me for it. Like now you pay me for it because if the brands capitalize on you at scale, that's when you say you can now either hire me as your content person. And someone asked me the other day, what would you charge somebody to write content for them on LinkedIn right now? And I said, a million dollars. They said, are you serious? I said, absolutely. They said, why? I said, because their ROI would be 10X. It'd be 10 million. Ooh. And they're like, nobody would do that. I said, I, I've never asked them for it, right? Mm. Uh, but like if Gong called up today, just using a the company, they say, hey, Steve, you're going to content. I'd say, great, million bucks. Um, they're crazy enough to pay it though. And I'd say, hey, I, I can do 6.5 million off my company. No one knows who we are. Like, yeah. so if I can write for your company and we can extend this sort of humanity and this 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 kind of tall, ch what, ch chubby white guy from South Dakota, <laughs> like people listen to him, like, okay, give him a million bucks. And, and, and then, and that's the thing is no one's paying appropriately for it. Because in sales, we pay for the effort. Hey man, exactly. you sell a million bucks, I'll pay you a hundred grand. Well, in content, I can sell tell me. Well, in that case, we're only going to pay you 80 grand because exactly. that's not really hard work. And I go, uh, we're getting this screwed up. Why does it matter if it's hard work or smart work or creativity? If the end result gets you what you want, my leads will be better qualified than yours. They'll be warmer. The deal cycle time will be uh, smaller and they will stay longer. Yeah. All the math and data says this. Then go ahead, go do the old thing, right? Yes. Go do the old thing. Man, you hit the nail on the head, man. I like, uh, man, I could talk sales with you all day, brother. I don't know if you have a hard stop, man, but I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy man, but brother, I just want to say thank you. It was an yeah. honor just to talk to you. I would love to have you back on for season two. I want to have a sales discussion. I'm going to talk to Chris. I want to yeah. get you, Chris, and Dave on. And That'd I be fun. Roundtable yeah. discussion, just us through us four and just yep. shooting the shit and like just just helping people level up, man. Because I get these questions all the time, man. Jared, shout yeah. out my personal brand. Jared, man, I'm trying to cold call thing, but it's not working. Jared, I want to start my own stuff. Like, what do I do? And it's just like, man, I can only yeah. tell you what worked for me. And what worked for me is just saying, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I'm gonna do me. And if whatever comes, I don't think about followers, I don't think about likes, I don't care if you like my post, don't like my post. What I drudge myself is on the DMs and the impact, man. When the person from Germany comes over to me at nine or six thirty in the morning, like, man, I love your stuff, man. I mimic my my content after you. Or, man, I was going through that same thing, man. You helped me get out of it. Or any yeah. of those things is like, man, that's what it's about. Because when we're not here, man, that's all we have, man. All we have is the impact that we have on people, brother. And I just want to say thank you, man. I yeah. I'm a fan of yours, brother. I can't Jenny wait to see what you do with Cell X, brother. And yeah. anytime you're in New York. You know we're going to link up, brother. I would love to just talk shop with you, man, and just hang Sell out. Cell X is in New York, too, so I'll be seeing you soon, brother. We'll have to bring you over and meet the team there. So, um, I Let's mean, we're a, we're a remote. This is the funny thing. We're a remote, you know, work anywhere. Yeah. And uh, and he said, Dean, our CEO, and he'll get a kick out of this. Here's I said, man, I got to have that. We got to have an office in Sioux Falls. He says, why? I said, I can't work from home. I have four kids. And there's a remodel there. And I'm being serious. Like, I can't. Yeah. Like, and uh and of course, he's like, okay, cool. He's like, are you sure we need the office? He goes, we're kind of a work from anywhere company. I said, so again, I said, I can't work from home. Said, <laughs> Let me repeat. <laughs> so I said, for at least the next two months, yeah, we do need one. But I mean, it's to me, it's like, A, it's in South Dakota, not downtown New York. B, um, it's just a chance where when we come in here and there's a seven or eight people, like you just have a different conversation. I'm not saying it's better, yeah. except for the facts would say we get a lot more shit done when we're together for one or two days a week and then everybody goes and does whatever they do, but to have those little things there. And so it's interesting because I will be a lot later this year. Like I'm, I'm going to literally force myself and this will be one of those things. I'm going to go for like two weeks on the road, mm -hmm. um, half with me and then half with my family. 
and I'm going to do work from anywhere. I'm going to document it and all that stuff and just be like, all right, this is me at this campsite. Okay. Now I'm going to Montana. I'm going to work from anywhere. No yeah. internet connection. Shit. Like, and just, just to then write content on that. Right. Cause of course, what does it do? It helps the brand. Right. Uh, because all we, we, we need to go fi- we need to hire 800 BDRs in the next, you know, six to eight months. We've got to hire a hundred next month and a hundred wow. the next month while everybody's peeling jobs away. And, and, and by the way, this position reads as such, right? Yeah. We hired full-time, so everybody who came over from titles full-time, right? They are enterprise BDRs. We have 10 hours a week and 20 hours a week, uh, meaning that is the the side hustle work. So if you want to make 20 to 30 grand a year extra or an extra 30 to 100 grand a side hustle for 20 hours a, a week, you know, cold calling, emailing, all that bullshit, right? All the yeah. stuff that people hate. We do it pretty well. If you want to come do that, come work for me because <laughs> – that's what we're building. And someone's go, how do you do that? I'm like, have you ever heard of Uber? They're like, yeah. I'm like, have you ever heard of nanny.com? They're like, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I said, so you leave your kid at home with a stranger while you go on a date, but you won't let me book a fucking business appointment for you. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. You know what That's I'm saying? Like that, that is America. Like if you, yeah, mom's old, get her out of the house. Like, Hey, there's a, but Oh, a stranger can watch on Friday night. Cause I can have a couple of drinks and I'm not worried about it, but don't touch my customers. Don't touch my prospects. Don't you dare touch my customers. Come on, man. <laughs> only in America. Beautiful country though. For real. Like it's only, only, in only in America, brother. But Mavit, last, last question, man. Cause I hear from yeah. BDRs that are frustrated, brother. How the hell do you keep your BDRs happy, man? Cause I think they all, I think it's all the same thing. You have to love what you do. And what about the person that kind of doesn't like the grunt work of that, but they're still good at it. How do you keep they your home? Staff. They shouldn't work here, um, meaning because because they will hate it, right? They will absolutely hate it because our, the the reps who come in here are great, like Zach B and KCC was a BDR, and yeah, like they, they, yep, go to go down that list, right? And there's Jimmy Jimmy Burma's now towards the top, and we got Alessandro, Caleb, like they all did sales sales before, and they said, I believe in your vision, your purpose, what you're doing. So they commit first and foremost. They'll do that work for six to nine months, and then they'll do the next thing and the next thing. It's the people who come in and it looks fun online. They go, oh, wow, I want some of that. Well, guess what? We don't just fucking make videos all day and talk about uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. sales sales euphemisms. Like we do that on Saturdays and for 30 minutes, and then you work till 8 p.m. that night because like that's just the way you got to do it. Like, um, yeah. And I think they like we're very careful now when we say, hey, it's not like that. Like, like that's Steve. He does it about two hours a week, right? But when he's not doing that, he's like, pouring over spreadsheets, uh, you know, on a bunch of sales calls and yada, yada. And the BDRs are making two to 300 cold calls, you know, yeah. 100 personalized emails a week, uh, you know, da, da, da. And if they like that way of saying, here's some framework for me to exist within, and I don't need to read a script, but I know I'm going to get trained on how to make a cold call. Come work here. If you want to find out what it's like to work your ass off, have some fun. Yeah. Um, but you have to do the work because there's no other way to get good at this job. You have to That's do the it. work. You have to, yeah, and, and and I can see it. Day 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 two is nothing. It's week two. Week one, everybody's having fun. It's a honeymoon, you know. They're like, I love this job. Everybody's so nice, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, cool. How's the cold calls? They're like, oh yeah, I got to start that Monday, and we're doing training. And then Monday, they're like, I quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, we actually made them do the thing we said we would make them do. And then they're like, yeah. oh man, um, and we lost, man. Just so you know, and I'll end with this stat: like we we have like. 100% across the team right now, those are the people left who said, I believe in this thing enough. Uh, other people left along the way. They said, fuck you guys, you're nuts, whatever. Okay, right? They did their thing. Mm-hmm. We moved on. Um, but is that thing is they have to be kind of obsessed enough with this as me or partially because otherwise it could be like, this guy's insane. Yeah. Um, 
but when people go, oh yeah, that's how it works, right? Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah. But it also generates, this is the thing, you're not gonna like it, generates more bigger deal sizes than demand gen, right? Okay. It, it sources um, other things. I don't think it's ever gonna go away. So like, if you do have David and Chris on, I'm gonna say, you know what guys, like I've never once said demand gen is dead. Like, so I was on that debate yesterday with that cat, like, no, uh, cold calling is not dead and you'll get some attention for it, but I don't fight the other side. Neither does Chris. Now, Chris does say yeah. a lot of things about SDR and cold calling, but I respect it, man. That's his play, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also could tell you could go waste 30K a month on LinkedIn ads for five months too, but you know what? You don't yell at the computer like you yell at your PDR when they don't book an appointment, <laughs> yeah. but you want to pull that lottery slot and be like, come on ads. And then, then yeah. everybody's like, wasn't me, wasn't me, you know? Yeah. Um, or you can do this, right? Or you can do both, which is the perfect way, which is do demand gen, do outbound. And and, and it will be different for every solution and every product. It'll, it'll modify how much you do, what of each. And eventually you'll settle on a, a model like a normal company and you'll do both. It's called sales and marketing. That's it. That's, that's it, it, man. That that's a drop the mic moment, brother. That's that's it right there, man. And when you come to New York, man, yeah. if you do by the summer, man, we're going to a Yankee game. I already got it planned out, so you're good. <laughs> Let's do this thing, man. I'm a Yankees fan. Let's do it, man. We're looking good this year. So it's good. Let's get it, brother. And thank you for everybody. I just want to say thank you to all the people who are listening, Gina. Thank you for the birthday love. Thank you for everybody who made this season just a success, man. I I just want to have cool ass conversations with cool people, man. And the love that I've, I've gotten is just insane. The things I've learned from you guys has been insane. And just thank you for believing in me too, brother. Thank you. You could have been anywhere in the world, man. You came here. It took time much, especially in this week, in this time right now. It's a big day for you. It's a big week. So thank you, brother. Yes. Like, I'm thank you, totally brother. grateful, man. Seriously. Happy birthday. Thank you, brother. I'm, the I'm birthday gonna go, week. Yes, man. I'm going to, going to vacation tomorrow, man. First time in four years with wifey, man. No kids, no nothing, man. I am going Ooh. to... Oh man, I'm about to get shit faced. I'm about to do something. <laughs> do everything. Go do it. Go do it. That's it, man. Enjoy thank yourself. You. Will do, brother. Thank you for everybody who made the season a great thing, man. Uh, thank you for everybody. We'll see you guys after Labor Day. And you know, Steve, I'll see you soon, man. And thank you guys right, again for another great episode of More Than a Title. See you guys. Control by me.